0: Welcome to Smitty Now! I'm your host, Josh Robbins. This is a podcast where we talk to artists about their favorite albums. Today, we're talking with Hayden Rodriguez of For Your Health. We talked about Fall Out Boy's debut 2003 album, Take This to Your Grave. We talk a lot about contextualizing music and just, you know, liking music just because you want to and not based on anyone else's opinion about what box it fits in. We also discuss being capitalist against your will in a capitalist society, but also being realistic. And yes, we talk about Fallout boy a lot, so give us both a break. Tiny correction. When we talk about Fallout boy touring with Green Day, the opener Hayden is referring to was the interrupters, not the distillers. So what are you going to do? Okay. So please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash pod. Please rate, review, and subscribe, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Okay, let's chat with Hayden.
1: vegan? Or do you simply enjoy good food delivered straight to your door? Then you should probably check out Nourish. Nourish offers culturally diverse, gluten-free, organic vegan food for meal delivery and catering, all while enriching their community, employees, and our planet. If you're in Charlotte, North Carolina, you can find them at nourishcharlotte.com. If you're in the New York area, check out nourishdelivered.nyc. Nourish yourself. You deserve it. (laughs)
2: Hey, Hayden. How's it been going?
1: Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, uh, I've been unemployed (laughs) for like a year, so every day is a little bit of the same.
2: Mm. Are you in (laughs) Ohio right now? Uh, I'm currently
1: in Birmingham, Alabama. Mm. I guess Uh, I'll
2: have to alert the Ohio authorities. Yeah. Yeah. but yeah, so well, well, we're gonna talk about that a little bit more. I, I know what that feeling's like. I recently just started a job, but the feeling of the kind of very long unemployment was definitely what it felt like last year for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we today we are talking about Fall Out Boy's debut album, "Take This to Your Grave," that came out in two thousand and three. And I guess just to start the conversation. Uh, when was the first time you remember hearing this record? Hmm, I think probably like
1: like when I was in maybe like a, a junior, senior in high school. Uh I remember like I've liked Fall Out Boy for a long time, like since I was like a kid, just like hearing them on the radio and and, and shit. Um and like I, I listened to like From Under the Cork Tree and Infinity on High a lot, but I never really went backwards until later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when I sort of fell in love with it.
2: Yeah, I was thinking about it when you uh, picked this record. I realized mostly I had heard From Under the Cork Tree um, and had never listened to this one. But I would say in hindsight, based on the type of music I like, like this record you know, would be the one I would suggest to people that, you know, maybe like things like Fallout are like Saves the Day or like Lifetime. I think it's like a yeah easy transition to someone that likes that. But so you said I guess you you said you kind of just grew up liking Fallout Boy, just like hearing them as like a radio band. So was it kind of surprising to discover? This, I mean it's not miles away from from under the court tree, but yeah. You know. Yeah, I don't I don't think it was like necessarily surprising. I was just like, why
1: have I never heard this before? I like this much better. Yeah. And it's sort of like I don't know, I just didn't know. I feel like I would have liked it more the whole time and I just didn't know that it existed. I guess when I was like I was sort of just digging through CDs like um In high school like um like listening to like Lincoln Park and like Blink-182 and stuff like that and I guess like I don't know I just sort of landed on Fall Out Boy and sort of those were the like the records that I listened to the most um and like I I remember like that was the first band that I really liked um in like maybe like fifth or sixth grade uh it's just like hearing like Sugar were going down and and Dance Dance and stuff like that. Um, I think I was like a sophomore in high school when Fall Out Boy came back after their like four or five year hiatus. And so that was my first time experiencing Fall Out Boy in real time, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, Like as somebody that was actively following musicians. Um, So it was really exciting to me and really yeah i guess like that album save rock and roll in 2013 um uh, a lot of people didn't like it but i i i was just so excited that this band that i love so much like was coming back and i would get like the chance to see them and stuff because i never did when i was a kid i never went to shows
2: so being that i am older than you i feel like it's easy for someone to just kind of like discredit like what it would have meant for a younger person to get into fallout boy with like, without all of the context. Cause there's totally like something, I don't know, however many years before that I like that, a, you know, an older generation, they load it up with all of this different context and it's like stupid, You know? yeah. <laughs> for lack of a better way to put it. Um, you know, and that's probably like me liking, like, I don't know, Jimmy Eat world when I was a kid or something like it wasn't, that wasn't cool to like, some of the older heads that like i don't know only christy front drive or you know something so it's like whatever that i mean they're kind of contemporaries but whatever the, kind of the generation before that like even like i guess like they'd be like i only listen to like you know that band heroin or you know mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know they're like, i only listen to real uh emo you know and so then just i just try and like keep that in mind uh and even like when i was like a little kid it's like i liked like ario speed wagon growing up so it's like I don't really feel like I have any like room to tell someone younger that like fallout boy isn't as cool as that you know? <laughs> like but I don't know just kind of like think of the context that I'm trying not discredit like your feeling on it I
1: I never really feel like I had a sort of I didn't really have a scope of like what was cool and what wasn't cool growing up I guess I I don't know I didn't I didn't really spend that much time on the internet or I didn't go to shows. So it's like, I just sort of like listened to whatever I listened to. So it's like interesting in retrospect, like um, sort of like getting a gauge for how people feel about um, bands from that era, like, like fallout boy and my chemical romance and stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They, they were basically like, I don't know. I don't want to say like, they felt like it's just like, it wasn't an angle that I would have listened to, you know, because it's, I guess in a way I could say like, it wasn't allowed, you know, yeah. it wasn't cool to listen to, you know, fallout boy, um, you know, but it was cool to like, like early saves the day, you know? So it's like a, that, and that's probably the one before, but then like someone, someone older than me might be like, Oh no, lifetime. You know? Cause I think there is yeah. like a natural continuum, especially this era from, lifetime to save a day to Fallout boy um you know I don't ultimately know where I'm going with that other than just telling you that I am older than you uh, <laughs> yeah. so it's just I think it's just kind of like interesting it, The kind of the part at point of this podcast too is just so I can kind of like recontextualize things that I might have had like a blind spot for yeah. or just was kind of a jerk about <laughs> you yeah. know
1: it's interesting that you keep bringing up um, Saves the Day and Lifetime because I feel like those are like the two bands that always get referenced, like cross-referenced when talking about Take This to Your Grave. And I don't know, for, it seems like a lot, those are like bands that like a lot of people revere. And uh, I guess I see a lot of people talk shit about Fall Out Boy and say they just sound like everyone else. And I'm like, which one is it? Do they sound like every other band or do they sound like Saves the Day and Lifetime? <laughs>
2: yeah i mean that's like a (laughs) that's like a hard thing because uh there's there's so much it's like what direction could we kind of like infinitely go into uh you know for many of that like i think that's where i think people just kind of discredit like anything that they kind of brought to the scene or that's just like my adult viewpoint of this like if you would have asked me like the same question like I don't know, even like six years ago, I would just be like, "Fallout Boy is horrible, you know? <laughs> but it's like, I just try and, but when I was listening to this record, I really like gave it a shot and listened to it a bunch of times. It's like, while Patrick Stump's vocal style isn't really what I'll grab, you know, go towards, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, that. that's a hard thing for me to just like hate on a band for because there's so many like poppy punk bands that have like, singers that somebody else like just think is like bad you know so it's like yeah it's a subjective relative thing that you know uh, and i guess like you know usually what people kind of point to too to kind of like legitimize you know they do the same thing like they do this with like newfound glory but for some reason it's not cool to do it for fallout boy and so that's kind of where i call like bullshit on people that want to like hate on something like newfound glory versus like it, I, I, people my age seem to like Newfound Glory and they always want to point to the fact that like Chad Gilbert was in Shy Hulu. And mm-hmm. then that just everything that Newfound Glory does is like great. But it's like, you can do the same game to a Fallout Boy. You can be like these people, it was like drummer from Race Trader, you know? And <laughs> like all of these people like played in like metalcore bands. So, the, yeah. so they must be cool if that's the metric you're using yeah it's like
1: so arbitrary it's it like yeah. the fallout boy has so much hardcore cred i'd say more than almost any pop punk band that's contemporary with them
2: yeah yeah i mean so, yeah and yeah. <laughs> it's it's silly i mean like even to this day it's like you know to just like go straight to it it's like andy hurley not only played in race trader but currently plays in that band sect so it's yeah like, i don't know how much more cred you can have you <laughs> Yeah. Then just a band of lifers, you know? He still but, plays in Race Trader again. Yeah. He went
1: back, so yeah. So... Yeah,
2: it's I interesting.
1: <laughs> I I've guess. always liked that um, that that sort of parallel between, like, Fall Out Boy's side projects or former projects and, like, that, in the band. Like, I've always found it super interesting that you can, like, see Andy Hurley drumming in a metalcore band at, like, in a basement and then you can like go watch him play like a stadium <laughs> with yeah. fallout boy it's i don't know something about that is always like really it i've really gravitated towards that i find it i find they're just like the nature of that band and their members and they're like part in musical society really interesting
2: yeah yeah, I mean, I, I think, though, about, I know that period of time when they weren't a band, one time I I, I worked a show that was Patrick Stump solo, mm-hmm. and I had to do merch for Patrick Stump, and um, it wasn't, like, a crazy well-attended show, but, like, his solo record was, like like, I guess, like, I don't know, pop worship kind of stuff. Like, more so, I guess, like, it was, like, Michael Jackson worship like kind of stuff. It was just that era of like pop. Um, and one of the things where they were like, you know, you have to count the shirts and blah, blah, blah. At the end of the night, we're going to like check your numbers and everything, which is horrible because I can't count. Uh, <laughs> but they were like, uh, we're missing a watch. Cause they were selling like watches for like a hundred dollars. Um, and they had like two of them and they sold one, but I forgot to mark it down. So they were like, where's the watch? Yeah. And- <laughs> But, but I mean, but all that to say, it's like, I don't know. It's like, I just understand the hustle, you know, it's like, like, it's, it's just how the shit works. Like when I, like some nights you'll be like, at some point of his life, he's playing a stadium and the other part it's like 50 people at too big of a venue, you know, (laughs) that's just, yeah (laughs) I've been there, you know? (laughs) So yeah, it's, it's hard to kind of like hate on it. Like as much as I've been around yeah i I wish i could this probably like make it more interesting for me to just be like i think they suck (laughs) and then you go no they don't suck and then we start yelling or something like you know that'd be pretty cool yeah that's a good podcast people like yelling on their commute yeah i mean (laughs) do i can edit all this out and we can just start yelling (laughs) hell yeah but yeah and uh a funny thing though speaking of kind of like newer fallout boy is every single time i listen to this record the same it would play the same track at uh the end of listening to the record so it was uh let me see what record this is from so infinity on high and it would always play uh thanks for the memories like every single time yeah um like on
1: it, on like apple music or spotify or what yeah spotify um
2: okay it would just always go to that and I, I mean that's not like the next record or anything so yeah why is it you know it would just always play that record like being a I guess a lifetime uh not just to throw in the word lifetime uh being a lifetime fallout boy fan do you feel like you ride with them through the whole time or is there a point where you drop off yeah I don't I I feel like I I just, like, I
1: love their songwriting and and their musicianship so much that, like, I pretty much just give them a pass whenever something's, like, not that good. I like pretty much, like, even... I like pretty much everything they've ever done, with the exception of, like, a couple songs, honestly. Like, yeah. I even li- listen to their record that came out a couple years ago mania a lot when it came out it's just like it's definitely like not like the fallout boy that everybody is used to but i mean i feel like it's been like pretty much long dead (laughs) you know they've been a band for 20 years now
0: (laughs) yeah
2: i mean have you have you seen them live yeah i've seen them
1: probably like four or five times
2: and i guess they're like a like huge places like i feel like i don't even have a concept of like how big they still are as a band
1: yeah i mean they were before covid hit they were about to do a, a worldwide stadium tour with green day and weezer
2: uh, okay and where would they have been and the billing
1: uh i think that weezer or maybe green day was the headliner and fallout boy was in the middle
2: so that would mean that weezer would be opening
1: yeah well they had an i think uh there was a like a ska band opening if i remember Mm -hmm. correctly i think it was like um i don't want to incorrectly quote but i do remember it was like uh like the distillers or something is that a band
2: yeah that's a band um i guess that would make sense like if they were on that level i mean they they were like I mean, I don't, I'm trying to like think distillers are. it could have been someone else. I, I could be talking on my
1: ass. I just remember that I, I know that I've seen this band on bills a lot and they are a ska band. <laughs>
0: mm. Yeah. But I
1: was like, what the fuck? That's crazy. <laughs> Cause obviously like that is a huge step up from whatever they were doing
0: before.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's gotta be like such a hard bill to kind of like figure out. There seems like not even like with the bands, like maybe all the people in the bands like really don't give a shit um you know for Green Day uh, but but it's sort of like your management and then like representation like how do you place like who is like the headliner like even between like Weezer and Green Day I'm like I don't know how you would choose which one is like bigger
1: yeah I don't know it's it's really interesting when bands that huge share bills together yeah like
2: yeah I don't know I always think it's funny, though, when um, kind of that same logic, which which makes sense when you're like Green Day or Weezer. But when you see bands that are smaller, I guess we'll say just generally DIY bands. Mm -hmm. uh, And I mean that in the broadest sense, not in what has been recoined as the genre that is almost like DIY. Um, So like bands that kind of have that thought, like it's like they know it. They, they almost know that they shouldn't be like opening shows and so they get really conscious of that like i don't know if you've been in that situation but i'm in my in my bands i feel like i'm not really smart enough to know that we shouldn't be like first of third have you run into this any you know what i'm talking about
1: yeah i mean i guess that makes sense like well just like if you're on tour i don't want to play first like first yeah. first yeah, it, yeah that's that's just like I mean, that's a whole other ballpark when you're talking about like shows that 50 people are at versus yeah. like, you know, 40,000 or whatever.
2: <laughs> well, that's, uh, but it's uh, other than just the fact that like if you're traveling hours and you show up to a basement, it's like realistically, I shouldn't be the one that played has to play first, you know? Like, yeah, that should no, be the end of the story. I, I
1: bel- I'm a firm believer of the sandwich, of the tour sandwich, you know, yeah. local. The touring band local or whatever
2: I love when people or, though when you show up and then they they want to just get like it's like there's no realistic reason that's just a thing that you should do you know it's just yeah a, a thing that should be unsaid and should do but i've had times we show up and they're like and they it's like they have no awareness of like what they're saying but they're like well us as the the local bands will have the most draw so i mean we should play last you can play first cuz you don't have local draw and it's like have you all ever been on tour before like it's like this is just the answer is no yeah i guess if if they had
1: been on tour they wouldn't be saying that
2: (laughs) yeah i guess the point of kind of bringing it up and uh, i guess pivoting away from fallout boy maybe they've had the situations we'll try and uh, tie it back in but sometimes i think that those things that have been unsaid for so long have to start being like said again (laughs) because i'm wondering if like people are just forgetting you know yeah i don't know i don't know
1: this is interesting i guess it's only slightly related to the co-headlining bill thing but do you remember that tour that joyce manor and saves the day did like last year yeah uh i i don't know how true this is so take it with a grain of salt but i heard that they were supposed to be switching back and forth like Joyce manor plays last one day saves the day plays last one day but sort of saves the day was having just a bad time and people weren't really into it and Joyce Manor just ended up like headlining the whole tour
2: yeah wow I mean that's surprising but it's just but it's also kind of realistic and like I remember stories and I think I've told this on the podcast uh like, it's like there. I think there's something. I don't know if I had the bands were. oh, actually, it was Get Up Kids and Super Chunk, I believe. Like, Super Chunk had been a band for, I don't know, like five more years longer or whatever. Like, but they were the more established band. But uh, it ended up like Super Chunk was headlining, Get Up Kids were the support. And then essentially they like flipped it in the tour because it was like kids just weren't coming for Super Chunk. Like, it just yeah. happens, you know? I mean, <laughs> It it makes
1: sense. Um, Dare I say a lot of those older bands that have been playing for a million years are a little bit washed up and haven't had a good record in 20 years.
2: Yeah. I mean, or it's just kind of like, I don't know. I, that, that, that is a lot of times that yes. But I think even sometimes uh, even outside of like, if I'm restructuring what you said, you said um, sometimes like when you become an older band there are people that like you but are they the age group that like goes out on like a Tuesday you know some of any some of those shows on that saves the day had to be during a weekday so those probably aren't great nights for older saves the day fans yeah yeah for sure not that like Joyce Manor probably is like a young band anymore so but relatively I
1: mean their fans are definitely young (laughs)
2: yeah I think I've only seen Joyce Manor in like uh like festival like at fest i think i don't yeah i've seen them in like a smaller space they're
1: a great band i've seen them a bunch probably like i don't know like 10 times or so but they're a really good band
2: (laughs) yeah um i do know that i saw saves the day with alkaline trio and saves the day definitely were supporting alkaline trio Mm -hmm.
0: um
2: but yeah that was definitely like there, the age group, The it wasn't so much of the age group. It was like the style choices that were at the show. There were lots of like shorts below the knee and long socks at the <laughs> show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but I, I don't know. I don't know what type of person uh, Saves the Day seems to like pull out at this point. Yeah. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> we're never, we're never going to be allowed to open for Saves the Day now yeah unfortunately (laughs) i think the the funny thing about thinking about pete wentz in 2021 standards is just that um like my wife was watching uh one tree hill and and pete wentz was a character like on the show yeah like he like dated someone on the show like in that i mean that's a memory i had in like the early 2000s just like pete wentz was basically an actor yeah (laughs) so so it's it's just strange to think of like it's strange to think of like the idea that like there is a pete wentz and uh that you know the the guy who played in arma angelus you know or even the same with like andy early it's like the fact that they started in these hardcore bands but then they were eventually more so you know uh pete wentz just became like an actor for a period of time almost like he became benji madden yeah Yeah.
1: definitely a celebrity yeah just yeah that too i guess that goes back to what i was talking about earlier like it's interesting seeing like bands like sect play like diy spots and then i don't know observing the members of fallout boy doing the stuff that they're doing Uh, i feel like pete wentz has always been sort of that like spotlight uh pop culture icon um it's it's really interesting too being that like he was the base like well he is the bassist of the band like how many times is the bassist of the band that's that doesn't sing the most the most famous person from a band
2: yeah it really defies all logic like (laughs) there's even there's nothing like witty i can say about it like it just doesn't make sense (laughs) like it's I mean like any stupid like band meme that you know would tell us what like a bassist is to a band like it's like I don't know it just doesn't it doesn't add up it doesn't add up in meme logic you know yeah Yeah. Uh, but I don't know I mean but he's also like well he's easily the best looking guy in the band yeah Uh, and I guess he kind of also like puts himself out there even like even in early sense it's like he was the voice for the band but
1: yeah definitely
2: yeah i mean i guess as the bass player in one of my bands that does basically all of the business i feel like i understand it we're just you know no one likes us so that's, <laughs> so that's the difference yeah
1: how i feel uh, that it makes sense he, he he he's the one that started the band so
2: yeah
1: it makes it makes sense
2: i feel like when i was when i was writing down um like joe troman's name i was like that's not a real person like i don't think you could i don't think i could point out like who their other guitar player is oh my god
1: i i mean that that that's probably true for like most people i just like i just like i don't know i guess i've spent so many years like watching videos of stuff reading i feel like i feel like i know all those people you know do you think if i showed
2: you a picture of just people right now you would if i if like the fourth picture this one of the four pictures is joe Truman. um uh, i'm not even sure if i'm pronouncing his name right mm-hmm. you can pick him you think yeah definitely <laughs> okay
1: you know uh so. a, you form like these i don't know at least me growing up gen z growing up as a kid uh like fucking scouring youtube all day it's like you form these parasocial relationships with people that don't know you exist you know
2: but it's but it's like my unfamiliarity with him is usually what someone would that that's like what the bassist would be but for some reason the lead guitarist of fallout boy is the least recognizable to me
1: yeah i don't know i definitely yeah and and i think it's also a fact that they've had a consistent lineup since fucking 2002 or something so I don't know I think that they're they're very recognizable to me I just I've seen so many pictures of them and stuff I even met them I did a meet and greet one time it was really fun I got to meet them for like 14 seconds
2: yeah yeah I guess it would be weird if you didn't recognize Joe Truman then yeah (laughs) After, after that um yeah I mean I'm I feel like growing up like it wasn't always clear like who who was in the band you know um Mm -hmm. you know so it's like you had like eventually it's like you would see pictures of them and you'd be like oh that's what that person looks like yeah (laughs) but but, i definitely see what you're saying though because i feel like okay so i
1: love the band paramore and like the first lineup of paramore i could not pick out anyone except you know Haley williams but it's like that was a band um that like I don't. Know. that was a band that wasn't she's not like a singer songwriter like at least in paramore and like uh i i think it's interesting that I, like i i don't know like those people are indistinguishable to me
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: besides the one with the red hair
2: <laughs> they might as well not have faces there's other guys exactly
1: <laughs> yeah it's crazy it's,
2: it's like a it's like a it's almost like i've been it almost feels like a conspiracy theory now we're just like thinking like do those guys it's like a mandela effect kind of thing or like yeah a, like our minds have collectively been wiped like you could show me a picture of any kind of like mega church youth pastor and be like yeah i think that's the guy who played Like, <laughs> it's like I, mean, I don't know to be fair they all look the same back then
1: yeah i think yeah. i think fallout boy like has this like the members are very distinct like they're like they almost like cartoon characters you know like you can make an action figure of them I'm sure there have been and like I'd be like yeah that's a that's a rock star
2: you know (laughs) yeah they do they do I mean I feel like it's like I always like not want to say like the word rock ever but it's like they are like a rock band in that sense like like, I think it's funny when people are like, oh man, like Rock died at this period of time. And then they're thinking uh-huh. about Nirvana or like if they're older, they're thinking about like Motley Crue. But in the same way of like Motley Crue, it's like, they're just like kind of all collectively like weird dudes. You know? Yes. Like it's like Fallout Boy kind of has that quality where it's just these weird dudes that are like characters in their own respects. And that's kind of like the allure of them just... Yeah, like you said, they're all just they could be action figures.
1: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> speaking of that, they uh, I don't know what company had their hand in this or whose decision it was, but they made Funko Pops of Fallout Boy recently and they and they only made ones for Pete Wentz and Patrick Stump, not not Joe Troman or Andy Hurley. And I thought that was really interesting. Cause I don't know. I I feel like the fans would have bought them, but <laughs>
2: uh i feel like they're probably at the level of the band that fallout boy is there was so much like weird market research that went in they're like we've tested these out and these these they're just not, they're just not <laughs> you know buying it you know um, yeah so they just like yeah just don't like how they just don't have like certain star wars figures or something because they don't yeah. like sell so it's like a market research analysis that led them to just not make the other members of fallout boy <laughs>
1: yeah it's there was actually there was two pete wences and one patrick stump and none of the other <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man just like uh so do you do you do you own them oh hell no <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i mean sometimes uh like i mean i was gonna say like oh i was trying to think like what type of stuff i own like that it's like i don't own like Figurines of like Slayer or anything like yeah, yeah that would be weird. <laughs> Maybe if it was like not a Funko
1: Pop, <laughs> I just yeah. can't. I don't. I don't very much enjoy those.
0: Are Funko I do Pops... have one. I have
1: a. I have a Gerard Way Funko Pop. That's like the only one I have.
2: Is I it like it. Gerard Way as he was, like, in the first time of uh, or like it's, Now
1: it's a it's a Black Parade era. Gerard Way.
2: It should just be like Gerard Way. Comic yeah, just like the, the yeah, literally <laughs> like
1: wearing a cardigan,
2: <laughs> You're like rain <Rey> hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they, they have or maybe they do. They have two versions of Gerard Way, but no version. They they definitely don't have the other members of My Chemical Romance. Uh, Funko Pops. I think. I think. Yeah.
1: No. I think he is literally the only one. <laughs> Because I think people were talking about it. They're like, Frank Guerrero is like, really recognizable. And, and they were just like, fuck it, two Gerard pops. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, God.
2: Uh, I guess going back to the, the Andy Hurley thing, um, have you ever seen Sect? No, I haven't. I just kind of think about, like, do... Like, what is the kind of, like, Venn diagram of, like, a Fallout Boy fan... But just like kind of a, almost like an, a super Fallout Boy fan, but that is naive, completely to sect, that exists easily. Yeah, definitely. I would <laughs> but, say that that's mostly the case. Yeah. But then is like, it, I just, I just imagine like kind of that one person, and then you're like, oh, he's in another band. And then they go to like the smallest venue to go see sect and like how much that must like blow their mind. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I, I've seen this just like on YouTube, just like,
1: you know, watching like Angelus videos, a race trader or whatever. And there's always like a top comment that's like, holy shit, like baby Pete Wentz or Andy Hurley or whatever. And it's like, uh, I don't know, it's just always really cringy. But like, it's like, it's interesting, like how stuff like that can totally fly under the radar for for most people like i mean obviously it is a subculture and stuff but i guess i i forget about that sometimes because like most of the people i hang out with or interact with on a normal basis like are like literally in hardcore or or know it on some level so it's like it's really interesting sometimes to see that like it's like a total totally like undiscovered world to like so many people and just by virtue of fallout boy being like such a big band they have like millions of fans or whatever and it's like the small amount of people that are would be privy to like sect or race trader or or what have you yeah it's a small small venn diagram
2: i wonder like what that is that kind of like makes us like curious people in that way because i always like felt that way growing up like i guess like you know, it would have been like me looking in like CD booklets and seeing what other bands they think, and then I would you know, go listen to those bands if I could find it or whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like if you know, the kind of like feeling like you like Fall Out Boy, so you go and figure out what the other things are and like look back and whatnot. But I get it in a sense of like, if there's a Fall Out Boy fan that's like a pretty big fan, but they really only engage with them and like you know, the biggest venues are like on the radio. Sure, I get that. But if you're the Fallout boy type that ends up having Funko Pops, you know, yeah. and you have all a lot of other stuff, but then still just don't know that like Andy Early is Insect. Like that's that's weird to me. That's just not how my brain works. I don't know.
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: I guess I'm just better. I don't know. <laughs> I'm having an existential crisis. Um <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I'm realizing how much how much of a, a fucking fanboy I am and how cringy <laughs> this is. I'm trying, I'm trying to hide my power level.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, I want you to like like give me something that you think because obviously I'm not the biggest Fallout Boy fan, but you know, I think it would just be it feels like like I just I'm going on like mega tangents, but it's like I feel like I struggle and I really try not to just be like ever the guy that's just like fallout boy sucks or you know whatever you know like going into that kind of mode it's just like when i feel like when you close yourself off that way it's like there's tons of different things that aren't just like someone's narrow view of what they like of music that they can experience so it's like i try i try and just think back to like what i said earlier about like liking like keep trick or something i was like a little kid you know it's just yes it's just like how can i judge when this is you know probably just as cringy in the same way so it's like you just like it sometimes um could you give me something that you think only like a hardcore fallout boy fan would know that maybe i won't even understand uh i don't know i don't know
1: i i think this isn't really that much of a secret but maybe you don't know this that take this to your grave isn't their first album um and they had they had a record that came out just before this uh It's kind of contentious, but it was called uh, Evening Out With Your Girlfriend, and that was, like, their first LP collection of songs, and it was sort of wrapped up in a shitty deal, and, like, they they didn't really like the songs, and it was rushed, and, like, by that time, they'd already signed with uh, Island Records, and, like, so they were trying to pretend like it didn't happen, Um, but they are... it's like the songs are much more like straightforward, like melodic, hardcore, pop punk type stuff. And that's like, I think it really, it really is like through being cool, like part two, you know? And like, I think a lot of people don't know about it because like, you got to look for it. And, um, but it, I don't know, I love it. And it's, it's really interesting to see the leap in quality because they were recorded around the same time. Like, um, there was very little time in between. And, like, Patrick Stump wasn't originally a singer. He was a drummer in a grindcore band. And he, if I remember correctly, like, he met Joe Troman at a bookstore. And, and Joe and Pete were starting the band, and they were looking for a vocalist. So they got... Patrick involved and like he was learning to sing like during the formation of that band so like he's very like he, you know he goes from like just this like he's like a good singer but like he goes from being like a good pop punk singer to like being this crazy like soulful R&B fusion like vocalist that I feel like he's known for today in the span of a couple albums or a couple years and like i've always found that progression really interesting and like inspiring Mm -hmm. um because it it really makes it feel like you know like literally anyone could do it if they want to
2: yeah yeah i mean i mean totally it's just it's so weird that's like where i can't get you know wrap my head around like Just, like, thinking about bands that they probably, like, played shows with, you know, like, I don't know, like, one of the things I was reading, like, they played shows with this band, like, Killing Tree, and some of those people went on to be in Rise Against, but it's like, there's so many Chicago bands that, like, Arma Angelus, and then, I don't know, I was looking up what, like, his, uh, Patrick's, like, Grindcore band, I think it just had, like, stupid band name, like, every uh, Grindcore band, you know?
1: Yeah I I don't remember it wasn't something notable it was something like X grinding time X
2: or something. Yeah I thought it was like yeah like X knows grind X or something. Yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, but yeah it is a wild transition because like usually the story is kind of like like it's like they have a lesser known pop punk band and then they kind of get a bigger one but they just came from like completely different things and Mm. just became like Basically, in a year's time, it's like to become as big as they did by this point and sign to Island is like, wild. But it's yeah. like, I can't, if, if it were a sense of like, they didn't do things before in any respect, then there's almost like that you kind of suspect it a little bit. Like, it's like a band made by like, you know, the machine, you know, but it's mm-hmm. like, you can point to these things that they already did, like, at least on like a basement level. So they already like have that built-in cred, so you can't like knock them completely, you know. With yeah, it, you know, I mean, I also they were
1: like so young at the time, like they were teenagers, like Joe yeah. and Joe and Patrick were, like. So it's really, I don't know, it's kind of a wild ride. Do you um, know
2: the age difference between like Patrick and like Pete Wentz? I think P and I think Pete and Andy
1: are five years older than Joe
2: and Patrick. okay
1: there's like two age groups
2: yeah it's really like uh like pete wentz and andy were like i'm just fucking tired of like sleeping on somebody's floor and just like started (laughs) so they don't have to like sleep on someone's floor again which i totally understand (laughs) yeah one of of the things i read about with um, that meeting um is but i feel like i bring them up like every episode is uh, like they were talking in a bookstore and then like patrick stump overheard and they were talking about the band neurosis and then they were talking about like genres is what he like you inter- oh, the shit. conversation he interrupted which is like such a specific thing you know yeah uh just so someone can say i didn't do any research Um, The whole like the Fueled by Ramen Island thing was really interesting. It's like, like you said, they got signed to Island and then they were, Island was like, well, we want you to put your record out on a smaller label yeah, and kind
1: of take you back to generate groundswell or whatever. That was, it's really interesting because I always think of them as being a Fueled by Ramen band. And I remember that they only did one record on Fueled by Ramen proper. Yeah they're sort of like more so like island which is like an atlantic subsidiary right
2: i believe so i mean they're all yeah interconnected so mega so yeah ramen. yeah they
1: gave them they sort of like in the writing process of like take this to your grave they island they penned a deal with Island, and island gave them an advance to do the record with fueled by ramen which is like the weirdest thing ever <laughs> um fueled by ramen is really interesting in its own regard uh because you know that label like started out with like less than jake and shit like that yeah um and like now like the type of bands that are being signed to it now or i have been signed throughout its history it's like you know basement is on Field by ramen are they yeah wow it's it's, it's crazy it's the yeah. weirdest thing ever to think about um I don't know. Like, I feel like it sort of made the rounds again. And like, cause they, you, all those huge bands like Panic of the Disco and like Paramore, Fallout Boy, and stuff have been on Field by Ramen. To see, like, a band like Basement on Field by Ramen is really sick. Not so sick, but still interesting. It's like Field by Ramen signed the front bottoms. Yeah. i don't know if you knew that but no. yeah i don't know it's interesting
2: yeah i i thought it was interesting uh like even like tiger's doll are on hopeless now yeah i believe and i was like whoa i forgot hopeless was i didn't know they were still a label but you know yeah just come back i guess yeah mm-hmm. um i guess it's like i never know like what the reason is with that it almost seems like it's like they're almost like keeping paramore and all that stuff out of print or whatever they kind of like own the masters to to, and then it almost seemed like they just don't put anything out for a while um and then they just kind of like i guess rebrand like five years later and then yeah, you know. yeah it's kind of like
1: sumerian signing smashing pumpkins what was that <laughs> yeah it's super weird i remember sumerian is just like warp tour fans but i'm sure there were different eras like alisana and stuff
2: yeah i think essentially when i was kind of paying attention to sumerian i think it was like right before they made the switch to you know kind of like the warp tour era of you know that kind of stuff so yeah i guess going back to like fueled by ramen you know yeah i don't know you gotta shift focus you know one day you know and so like i think that's really cool but as you've gotten older like do you feel like you've contextualized kind of like where fallout boy fits in and do you ever get i guess like even with your own band not to put any of them on the spot do you have people in your band that are like confused as to why you like fallout boy that way or how how does that contextualize with people peers i'll say
1: uh definitely i will say uh damian our guitar player he he was he was he's pretty gatekeepy about that. Call sort him of out. Shit.
2: Call him out. Yeah.
1: No, yeah. I mean he, he was he's too cool to listen to bands like that. But like we were talking about earlier, love saves the day, hates Fallout Boy and I'm like, it's the same band. It really is. Like that's <laughs> a, like that's where it, he's he gets- he's getting better about it, but we had a lot of conversations like that.
2: <laughs> yeah, our our drummer does that a lot. Um and you know, it's like he's not gonna change, but He definitely, he just has like a weird, it's like, it's like, he likes like early green day, but it's like blink 182 is not cool or something. Yeah. You know, and then I'm like, what's, I mean, I know there's a musical difference, but it's like really in the context of what was going on, what is the difference, you know?
1: (laughs) It's really, it's, it's really, I feel like it's really arbitrary. I don't know. I, I mean, obviously a lot of people have gripes with fallout boy. They just think like the song titles are goofy. The lyrics are, cringy fake deep or whatever and like muted power chord i don't know i i think pretty much like i don't really care like i don't know i just like that band's like it's like the perfect band to me you know
2: yeah i'm thinking about like a totally unrelated thing but i'll try and see if i can make it make sense but uh the band drop dead uh they were they were playing a show and i was watching them point of story. Um and they said essentially if you smoke cigarettes, then you're contributing to like a capitalist system. And so like if you're vegan or if you're if basically if you're vegan and you also smoke cigarettes, then you should think about like how you're contributing to like capitalism. Yeah. That way. And then we I remember having conversations with the with one of our friends who was like he was like an anarchist in quotes, you know? Uh-huh. And we were like, man, what do you think about him saying you can't smoke cigarettes? And he goes, well, since I'm a, I'm punk. And if someone's telling me what to do, then I shouldn't listen to him. And then we're like, what kind of fucking, I mean, the guy is <laughs> right. It's like, you can choose to just ignore it because that's fine. Yeah. It's cognitive. You know, but business. it's like, but it's like, he's correct. You know, if you subscribe to these things, and that, that's not completely the leap. That's, like, the extreme leap. What do you think, like, liking a band that's, like, bands of this stature that play, like, stadiums and are, like, radio bands, like, do you feel like it ties back to any of your views in terms of, like, capitalism? Or is it... Huh. That's really interesting.
1: I, I don't know. I've never really thought about it. I feel like Fall Out Boy is, like, really the only band I like that's, like, big. That I... That i really listen to like i guess like Out boy mike McCormand's paramore It's sort of that so those bands but like um i think that a lot has to do with like either you you know you it's you don't have to care about everything that is happening like every every what all the band members are doing what their personal beliefs are like um you know because at the end of the day they're they're also uh a cog in in the machine of like they're being exploited by record labels uh more so than any of us ever will be um so if anything i think that i don't know it's it's that's like a it's a really big can of worms
2: yeah, it's, like, a weird thing. I think it's, I, I may have, I, maybe I've seen you joking about this. Just, like, the people that are, like, uh, oh, uh, maybe we shouldn't sell t-shirts, you know? Like,
1: yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I get called out all the time for, I don't know, people, like, you know that meme that's, like, oh, you hate society, but you have an iPhone. Like, that, that shit, like, I mean, like this is sort of a tangent but people really will just be like oh you have a merch store that's participating in capitalism yeah (laughs) I don't know so it's it's really interesting
2: when when people when people do that I guess like the shirt thing it's like I feel like they're they feel like they're the first person that thought of it and then they have to run with it and it's (laughs) like you should have just like sat there for a second and thought through like the whole execution you know um but they but they don't it's just like i win you know and um... yeah and and then they block you immediately (laughs)
1: yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i i think uh i don't i just like it's interesting it's like um it's also like you got to take it in the context of like where these bands come from like people always talk shit about rage against the machine being like oh they're capitalists now they sell fucking hundred dollar tickets and i'm like I think about that a lot, especially people are talking shit about them. Um, the price of their tickets on their comeback tour, that is postponed or whatever didn't happen. But and people were complaining about the the ticket fees for these stadiums and it's like you, they didn't have the backing of a label. It was they were going at it completely independently, as far as I could tell. Um, like they had to pay their crews, they had to like to pay for the venue, like everything, you know. And like, I don't know, I feel like people just like literally don't have a concept of like how money works or yeah. like, or like, they'll be like, that's capitalism. And it's like, wait, so like paying stage crews and like into unions is like, I don't know, you do not want the workers to be compensated. I'm like, maybe the tickets could be $60 if they were using slave labor. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know.
2: Yeah. I mean, I th- it's, it's kind of the same conversation when people are like, I mean, it's like, so many bands you could plug into it but yeah rage was like the best one but it's like they they even can't outside of any labor that actually has to take place they could get on stage and talk every single fucking night about how shitty like Ticketmaster is but they're not going to dismantle it that way so what do you want them to do (laughs) yeah you know it's like they could say the right things every single night about like how they kind of wish things were different you know but it's like that's not Gonna like change they should say those things yes but yeah. they still have to operate within the confines of the that system
1: yeah. yeah i people i don't know people talk about that a lot i don't understand how you don't like if you live here you operate under capitalism there's literally no way to avoid it if you're using we're talking on a zoom call right now in america like <laughs> we're we're participating in capitalism against our will it, it's just it, I don't know it's just not you know this it's yeah I mean uh, there's active things (laughs) things,
2: like when you think about things like you know I try and be conscious like of when like I use like Amazon but you know yeah if I'm like straight up fucked up and didn't get my dog it's meds that it needs you know I need those meds like right away so I'm gonna have to capitalism like really quick and get you know know? and so it's like sometimes it's like certain people can't can't avoid it, and also like I think about things. It feels like a weird tangent, but it's like it's expensive to be vegetarian in certain respects. Mm-hmm. Like I don't eat meat, and it can. It's not really that hard anymore, but this also isn't cheap a lot of times. You yeah? know? Yeah. It's like yeah. It's, I
1: mean, it also depends on where you live, and like yeah, you know, there's a million food deserts in the U.S.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it seems like sometimes, and I know it's not, like, exclusively, but, like, I grew up poor, so it's, like, when you grow up without things, you feel like you kind of understand the system more than potentially, like, people that kind of, like, like had more, you know? I don't, yeah. I don't know where I'm going with it, and I don't want to be, like, because, like, you can't choose where you grew up in, so it's, like, you know, I don't think, like, someone inherently is, like, shitty because they grew up rich you know there might be other things that make them shitty but you know um so I don't know um but yeah I usually just kind of like work through the conclusions of it and then the conclusion is just kind of boring so then I don't bring up any like points yeah Yeah.
1: (laughs) I guess working back through the point we were talking about a little bit ago I think it also depends on like where the musician comes from and like or artist or whatever or celebrity i don't know it's yeah, whatever. it's like there's like you know a lot of these people are like working class people that just so happen to stumble upon fame and fortune via you know whatever they were doing um like as far as i know like nobody in fallout boy was like quote unquote rich like i know that like pete's dad was like a lawyer but like i don't i know plenty of people who have parents that are lawyers that doesn't make them any more like i don't know like yeah. they, they they worked for years to like cement themselves and get you know get signed and stuff and then it worked and they started making money like yeah I don't I don't know that you can be mad at anybody for like wanting to have money
2: (laughs) (laughs) no I mean and think about I guess let's imagine that Pete Wentz's dad was a powerful lawyer and it opened doors but being that we're talking about fallout boy in 2021 I feel like any realistic person would know that that might open doors for a little bit of time but a fallout boy wasn't good enough and able to play the game enough yeah. basically just work then we wouldn't be talking about them at all like yeah someone's lawyer dad we really probably only opened the doors for i don't know the first part of it you know like yeah. i don't i pete wince's lawyer dad is not propping up fallout boy in 2020 literally <laughs> yeah yeah if if it is and that is that's going to be the biggest conspiracy that's like bigger, <laughs> that's like bigger than like q or anything you know um but yeah let's get it like see if we can get it trending yeah I don't even know that'd be pretty good hashtag would be I don't know cancel Pete Wentz's Pete lawyer to, that's probably been yeah uh, trending <laughs> uh lots of times um uh, like when you approach music do you feel like at any point like when you're like writing lyrics or you know writing songs do you feel like being a fallout boy fan influences like for your health in any sort of direct way. Definitely. Um I a lot
1: of just just like the way I write the way I think about music is directly influenced by lyricists that I really like being one of them being like Pete Wentz and like I guess I don't know just like I feel like most people can attribute most musicians can attribute like their interests in the way they write to like the bands they listen to a lot growing up maybe um or like just their favorite bands or whatever so definitely um i just like to answer your question yes
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i think that that's that's awesome i mean I think about like bands that kind of feel like they directly influence my bands, but they don't seem like anything close to what, you know, like I write,
0: you know, mm-hmm. like,
2: even to the point where sometimes I'm like, damn, someone's going to realize that's like a rip off song of like, you know, something else. Um, but, it, but it's like, so even if, if you in for your health are kind of do it, like, I don't think anybody would really notice, but that it's also like a cool way to think about like, it's almost like you respect a band so much that you you actively choose just basically to not be that band yeah yeah <laughs> so you're like yeah i don't i can't i can't or don't want to do that because i you know it's just like you put yeah. yourself in a different thing
1: well like for one thing um i don't write any of the music um really uh it's like i'm just a vocalist so like going into this bands like where we have a guitarist a bassist a drummer and me and we all have it's like sort of a melting pot i guess of influences i feel like it very much just takes it is like a chimera of like you know all of our influences because no one really like i, I feel like some bands like there's like a primary songwriter or whatever but we really sit down all together and like build the songs like piece by piece like each doing our own part
2: yeah i don't i yeah i listened to i listened to your new album a few times i mean it's so short you know, i feel like i can just you know like, um uh, but like what what do you think like if if i were to okay so assume i'm an idiot which i am um tell me what you think your band sounds like. <laughs> I don't know. I know. Pregnant, I, I've had but... this,
1: I've had this question before and I kind of always say the same thing because it's what it sounds like in my brain, but I know it doesn't sound like this to anybody else, but this is in my head is the, is the midway point between fallout boy and daughters. Um, okay. That's what I think. Those are like my two biggest influences, I guess, for four year health. And. um yeah i don't know i guess like fear before the march of flames they're not really an influence of mine but i think we do sound like that band sometimes Mm -hmm. um like my chemical romance um
2: yeah i don't know yeah Um, yeah at the drive-in okay yeah i feel like i can see i can see those things those are actually good representations because Sometimes, though, because I know the the term, like, almost to a meme effect, or just like an internet thing, mm-hmm. it's like Scrams, you know, Scrams money. <laughs> uh-huh. you know, I think, I feel like you probably, I, I'll say you coined it. Uh, so, Screamo
1: money, definitely.
2: Yeah, but it's like just it's that fluctuating, yeah, that, that fluctuating difference between, like, what, like, Screamo was, but I, I like the ones that you explained, because it's like when I'm listening to it, and then I, I think about what i view as screamo then i'm like well for your health doesn't you know sound like that to me but i think that's good like i don't think i don't know if we need much more bands that sound like you yeah yeah um you know, yeah. uh, you know. And sometimes
1: so, people are like you sound like Sasha and i was and i'm like i don't think i don't like not only do i do not think that's true in any sense of the the statement but like i'm just i'm like confused to the point of like did you just like watch us and listen to us? I don't know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's like, it's not <laughs> like, it's just like yeah, nothing about it. Yeah. Like it's, it's just, they just go, well, you know, you know, well you said you're screamo, so I'll just name one screamo band. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, they're just like, yeah, Joshua fit for battle. That's a band that I think I know the name of. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, but yeah, I like I like those explanations. They definitely like fear before the March of Flames. And um, yeah, I feel like that kind of pinpoints an era. I don't even know what you would call any of that era of music. That's why genres are just so stupid. Yeah. Um, yeah, just like what did that, a lot of that would be, would have been considered like post-hardcore at that time. Yeah, that's why I
1: kind of think we are as a band. I think that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, but um, yeah, that was it.
2: But I feel like that that term post hardcore now it's like it's also a confusing thing because it just automatically makes you kind of think of like forty five year olds, you know. <laughs> like that's what it's been. Even if you're thinking about like things like Hoover, but you also could be talking about like Seosan, you know. Yeah. Like it's like it's yeah, just, it really it's does mean things. nothing. But I I like that it means nothing
1: because I also think like that we do we pull a lot of different sounds and like I don't I don't know that one genre is like is apt to describe what we're doing. Um, it's yeah. it's to backpedal a little bit. I think the reason why I think. Of for your health as like an amalgamation of like sort of those bands I referenced is like I think a lot of people take it at sonic value what we sound like Mm -hmm. without taking in I don't know the aesthetic or the way I write songs or or whatever. Like I feel like outwardly, sonically, maybe in performance-wise, we are more like uh. A screamo band or like a weirdo like metalcore band or whatever but like like I was saying like a lot of my inspiration comes from like the like sort of like witty songwriting double entendre style that came from like a lot of like sassy emo songwriters and I think, like, that's why I think of this band as more than just, like, Screamo, I guess. Yeah,
2: I, I think, like, if people should contextualize really almost anything, they should probably, like, think of the context of, like, what, you know, they're putting something into. But if you think about, like, Fallout Boy existing around essentially the same time that Daughters did, yeah, like, there, there may not seem like any sonic similarities, and there probably aren't but kind of like they would have been listening to the same things and ingesting like the same media, you know? Yeah, so there's definitely. like so many like correlations that I think people aren't like willing to give, um, you know, like the, the tangent I think of is like, there was always a kid when I was younger that only seemed to like, like American nightmare. And they only listened to things that kind of sounded like American nightmare. And then you were like, do you like this older hardcore band? um or whatever even other current you know other bands but it only seems like that's the one lane they occupy like kind of screen like screamo people too (laughs) that were just like people that are i guess emo uh, that term it's just like they only listen to diy music and it's like there's other things you know yeah so i think it's interesting
1: thinking back like a lot of those shows that happened in the late 90s and like early 2000s were like such mixed bills and it was just like really I mean I I wasn't there but seemingly very normal back then like I love going through like show flyer archives and like looking at all the like crazy mixed bills that would never happen today but were just completely commonplace back then like like weird fests that just would like happen in fucking school auditoriums or whatever like where like bands like you know like pig destroyer and converge would just like play with like jerome's dream and like texas is the reason or whatever like you know and like it's it's that's what how i think of punk music like definitely it's an umbrella but like i feel like it all leads back to the source and i feel like a lot of people want to differentiate those things, like, too much, to the point of, like, obsession. And I just, like, I don't know, I really like the idea of, like, like, I I think, I don't know, like, it's, it's really homogenized, and I like the idea of, of, like, getting, like, different things in there, playing mixed bills, like, playing with pop bands, like, not even pop-punk bands, just, like, pop bands and, like, yeah. doing, doing you know, whatever we want. Um, and it just being yeah. normal. I just wish that people could go to shows and not be like, oh, it's a hardcore band or, oh, I don't want to watch this emo band or whatever, I'm going to go smoke. Like, I just wish, like, like, people would sort of be more open to the idea of experiencing a bunch of different genres, like, and one sitting you know
2: yeah I guess like two things with it like I don't want to pull the veil too much back on like the you, know, you all before you weren't able to uh you know toward a shit ton just in like so many like random places did you feel that on a nightly basis like that divide or did you did you like relatively have a good reception or was it <clears throat> that night and day night by night I feel like people tried to
1: book us a lot of people tried to book us on like the most similar sort of bills possible like with with other bands that sounded like us and I was like trust me like you don't like you don't have to do this we'll play with anyone that's good I like mixed bills um and I think a lot of the times we ended up well in a lot of places there aren't any screamo bands or whatever so it's like it, it was just mixed bill by, just because that's what had to happen. So, um, I guess I kind of floated away from your question, but I feel like we didn't play as many mixed bills as I would have liked.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I hope that changes when shows come back
2: yeah i'm kind of side to my side i remember talking to ruben from soul glow it was just about like even just like hey i wish we could play a show together you know like Mm -hmm. like my band and his and ruben was like sick you know (laughs) just like not any real point i'm making here but it was just like like i know ruben likes like i mean i talked to him about hey mercedes Mm -hmm. you know and it's like that's like how i grew up it's just like some of my friends playing hardcore bands but they kind of go see my poppy band or whatever it might end up being and it wasn't like a wasn't like a thing you know i mean there's there had been like that disconnect but kind of going back to what you were kind of mentioning with the mixed bills the one that always just pops in my head it's just like it's like a show that's i think it's like spaz with get up kids 97a and maybe even like Hate Breed was on it. And there's like other flyers like Hate Breed with like Promise Ring or something, you know, because it's like, yeah, just like, you know, it, that just seemed to like happen so much more. Just I think a lot of the times, like,
1: it was a lot of like people like sharing members with other bands too. And that sort of like allowed that sort of thing to be normalized. Cause like, even things like, like, I found out like, like coalesce shares members with uh casket lottery and i thought that was so cool and i, and I don't know there's like a, a million examples like that yeah um i think that might have something to do with it but i, I don't know
2: yeah even with like i keep bringing up get up kids so it's, it sounds like i'm like really into them uh <laughs> but like get up kids coalesce split like they have yeah. a split seven inch like it's just and they like cover each other's songs like yeah and, it's so cool yeah uh, murder like- city devils and botch
1: there's another one like that
2: yeah and they share members too right oh i didn't know that i just i knew that i know at least (laughs) geographically they're both like i think northwest bands Mm -hmm. um but yeah like yeah i've one i wish splits came back i mean i know you did one yeah um and two more weird splits if they come back yeah definitely (laughs) that's the only point i have with that uh (laughs) so okay so i guess to kind of wrap it up some um uh, so okay your new record came out on february twelfth, twenty 2021 yeah. and uh that record is called in spite of and that came out on 12 gauge records uh, How has the reception been i guess that's a hard thing to gauge right now in the world but from <laughs> i mean it seems like it's been pretty cool
1: yeah i think people like it <laughs> but yeah i don't I don't know. Obviously, we haven't been able to play any shows or whatever. Um, It's hard for me to wrap my head around it, I guess, because it is just like I haven't even seen my band since it's come out. So it's like it doesn't even feel real yet. Um, But I'm I'm really happy with the record. And I think I don't know. I think there's going to be more people that haven't heard it yet that are going to like it. So
2: yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i mean i i think it's i think it's really great um i i think it's awesome like how much work that you've done i mean the first time i met you for your health wasn't even a band (laughs) yeah and basically i think like right after that y'all formed and then just toured so much like with my bands it's always like we stay home for a long period of time and then finally decide to start touring so so for y'all to like get running like you did that that's really admirable yeah thanks so so yeah (laughs) um but i guess do you have anything else to add
1: uh we didn't even talk about (laughs) the record that's fine
2: do you have more to add about the record i mean no uh people
0: can uh, listen to the record yeah
1: yeah no definitely it was it was it was interesting it's uh it's like a guided, it's like um it's more of like a guided tour around.
2: <laughs> yeah. We're not um, yeah, we're not gonna go in the building. We're just gonna be around and I'm gonna tell you things about it. Yeah. Yeah. But we're never gonna like go see the living room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what this podcast does, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want you to think about like capitalism and how it applies to fall out boy even though i don't actually care about the answer
1: i yeah i mean i liked talking about fall out boy (laughs) um i would have liked to talk about the record but i also just like i love that i've been able to say fall out boy so many times in a podcast um my band gets so annoyed at me because i talk about them all the time (laughs) (laughs) so i hope they don't listen to this
2: oh they should Uh, (laughs) where can people find you online
1: online um all of our social media ads are for your health oh uh we're on venmo we're on instagram we're on twitter uh we're on facebook uh for your health uh dot for our music check it out we've got merch you should give us money
2: <laughs> yeah pretty, and uh who designed it. your artwork
1: uh, that was Simona Morales from Insignificant
2: Other. I purposely did. did that just for the shout
1: out. Oh, yeah. Shout out,
0: Sim. <laughs> <All right. laughs>
2: well, I appreciate you talking to me.
0: And uh,
2: yeah, it was awesome. Good catching up with you.
0: Hell yeah. Welcome back. Thanks again, Hayden, for coming on the pod. For Your Health released their debut album, In Spite Of, on February 12, 2021, on 12 Gauge Records. Please check that out if you haven't. Okay, so on to next week. I'm chatting with Pretty Maddie. Yes, that's the Maddie that does our theme song. We'll be talking about the Blue Album by Weezer. And it's really nice to talk with Maddie, even though, honestly, I talk to Maddie, like, every day. So please check out their podcast. That is Too Much TV. Maddie does that with Sam Belensky of the band Pony. So every episode, they chat about one episode of television and write a song about it. It's a super funny podcast and just very well done with amazing guests. Before I let you go, just check out our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash spendingoutpod. Please rate, review, and subscribe. And lastly, Thanks so much to Sarah Blumenthal for editing the pod. I couldn't do that without you. Okay, Maddie, hit the theme.